Hello and welcome to Onesies, the podcast of one season wonders and blunders. This season we're talking about Morton and Hayes from 1991. My name's Andrew. And my name is Emily. And we are on episode four, Oafs Overboard. Oafs Overboard. Um, do you hear some interference real quick? I oh, don't. Yeah. Okay. You do? It's outside. Okay. I'll cut that it's out. the California sun. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Oafs Overboard. Oafs Overboard. How do you, oh, yes, our three things. Um, do you, did you come up with three? Um, I mean, yes, but they're really, really general. So I've got models, I've got gags, and I've got racism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Why'd you leave sexism out? Sorry. Yeah. Was that? Oh, it is Jack O'Halloran. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's see. We can do... Okay, here's one that's interesting and has very little to do with the episode. Sponsored by um, singing. Mm-hmm. And since you do racism, I'll do sex scandals. Okay. Okay. Well, so this uh, you had vaguely warned me about. Um, the episode starts out normal with Rob Reiner introducing it, right? Uh once it's again, not it's not what I expected it to be. No, but he tells you what it's actually gonna be. But even he tells the title us. doesn't give it away. And what's funny about it is, is it's another one of those there's two big problems with the um film history here. First is that this Oaf's Overboard was a done because of the popularity of King Kong and Son of Kong which both came out in 1933. Mm-hmm. Son of Kong was not a hit. Mm-hmm. The short is supposed to be from 1941. Well, the short takes place in 1941. Oh, okay. So do you think they took, it, it was set in the future, do you think, in 1933? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I, I, well, yeah, no. I, I think <laughs> that it, I think that maybe they're going back a couple of years in time. From okay. when they're actually filming it to the because the, there's a lot of Nazi talk. I don't know how much Nazi talk there would have been in 1941 from Americans, but maybe yeah, I'm, real, I'm real low energy today. I'm going to get psyched up. Wow. Yes, okay. because he invaded Poland in what 38, 39. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so yes, Oaf's overboard. It opens with uh, who's the? Is that James Hong? I don't yes, know. It, is. it but is James Hong doing a varied 1941 Chinese accent. At least it is a Chinese, Chinese person. person. Doing it. Okay. Yes. Um, so that was my my first point about races, racism. Is at least it was period correct, um, except for how they had <laughs> they had a an Asian American actor in this uh, in this role, whereas they normally would have just slap some makeup on a, a white guy and had him do it um but the the setup for it actually before the scene with him is uh oh god this beautiful beautiful set of um a bay and it says hong kong yep. 1941 and there's just these beautiful model boats floating around and oh god i love models i love a model 
Um, and there's more of that, very little, but more of it later. But it made me so happy because what this ends up being is kind of like a kaiju movie. It reminded me of Mothra with the pretty lady um, and the the native population, um, uh, except it wasn't a, an animal. It was a, a giant human being. There's no explanation how he got giant, where he came from, whatever. But anyway, sorry, uh, off on a tangent. But the the models in this were beautiful, and it made me very happy um, that they used models instead of just stock footage. Yes. And that doc scene is very nice. Yeah. The rest of it, Christopher Guest directs and guest stars with all their usual caveats. Yeah. But that opening deck sequence is very nice. But yeah, so Chick and... Eddie are sneaking aboard a freighter bound for the U.S. Is that it? They think that they're going to be stowing away on a cruise ship. Again, uh, as mentioned last week, I thought it was going to be more of that, more like the Marx Brothers. Um, But instead, they get dragged onto somebody's personal yacht. Um, Yes. it It doesn't say what he's actually doing. It. They, they they sneak away in barrels that say beluga on them. So they just assume it's caviar, but it's actually the name of the boat that they get taken to. And there's talk of ammunition, of guns, whatever, but they never actually say what's in the barrels besides the two. No, other than it stinks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when they get into the barrels, it sounds like squelchy, right? Like they're getting into something squelchy, but they come out clean clean as whistles um and so that was confusing and weird um but yeah and so instead of getting taken on this cruise ship where they think they're gonna stow away and live a high life on the way back to the united states from hong kong that's a pretty long boat ride um they end up on this yacht and they overhear some evil plans yes so christopher guest plays the captain of the yacht who is on a mission to find um, the King Kong analog, but he gets distracted because his cabin boy tells him that he could sell these weapons to the Nazis and make some money, and Christopher Guest is down for that. Now, I thought Christopher Guest was supposed to be playing, because he's wearing a fez, I thought he was supposed to be doing like a Casablanca white guy as a Moroccan type thing. You didn't see that, but there is one thing I will say about Christopher Guest. Yeah. So he watching this gives you the impression he thinks people in old movies are acting silly on purpose. Oh, yeah. That's, that is the depth of his, like, this is again, I, I feel like if I'd seen this and thought about it and then went to go see Waiting for Guffman, I would be talking so much <laughs> shit in line, right? Like, yeah. we would have had to get through what was the second one? Uh, Best in Show, before I would have uh, stopped talking a little bit of shit, but then uh, <laughs> the, the Hollywood one would have come out and I would have been like, ah, see, I told you. Okay. <laughs> but um, so they get on the ship And then they have to walk the plank. And then we have the joke about how they don't have a plank, which has been around since at least the 70s, but probably the 40s. Like, Uh, yeah. 
And this is where we find out his name is El Supremo, which is... There's a really funny scene before we even uh, see, before Chick and Eddie are revealed in uh, in their barrels, where he shoots a guy who, I, I don't even remember why he shoots him, but he shoots a guy and it's like overkill. Like he's just maniacally laughing and yes. shooting this guy to death, which I think is was your point about him thinking that people in old movies are acting silly on purpose. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, it was one of the gags that I had written down that I thought was kind of amusing. It could have been done better, but yeah, as you say, it's Christopher Guest. You take what you can get in Morton and Hayes. Um, so yes. So then they end up washed up on an Island after walking the plank, Mm -hmm. which in my estimation, aren't they still on the dock? Like you don't ever actually see the boat leave the dock. It's a dock in it's an island in Hong Kong Harbor. Oh, okay. Sure. Like <laughs> Okay. They didn't they don't call him Meathead for nothing, okay? <laughs> so they get to the island and they break out in the Morton and Hayes song, which mm-hmm. I think is the first time we've heard it. Yeah. It's very weird you're hearing the comedy team's song on the fourth episode of the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird, but you do hear it a few more times. So. Yes, a lot of singing and dancing this episode. Yeah. So the locals stop once they hear the song and decide to offer them to their god, Ulu. Is he supposed to be so- a god? Or something. And so they know. start cooking him. And, and there's a bunch of gags about, oh. Epsom salt hop- for the aching muscles. Yes. Yeah. What are the carrots for? Your eyes, obviously. Yeah. And this is when court... Oh, sorry. They think that they are going to be um, putting on a show, that they've impressed the the locals, and they're going to be putting on a show for them. So uh, for a good three minutes or so, they're confused as to why they're taking a bath and what they're doing and, and who the opening act is going to be. Enter our guest star... Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. No, no. Between um, between family ties and Ace Ventura, um, and she is the chief's daughter who was educated at Vassar. Mm-hmm. And she's so also white. Is the chief ain't white? Yeah, we didn't really <laughs> talk about the villagers. Um, yeah, it's a racist it's- Polynesian thing yeah a lot of yeah. language uh gags that aren't Court- very good no and courtney cox does sign language while speaking some version of it yes and i'm not Some exactly... of it looked like asl and i okay. was just like why are we doing this i don't know it was a weird choice it was so the princess then goes and does a song but it is not Courtney Cox singing. It is a obvious, obvious lip sync job. That's another gag that I really, I enjoy when it's done well. And I don't think it was done super well here, but I think it was okay. Yeah, this is, that's basically my review of the episode is, it's better than I thought a Christopher Guest directed episode would be type thing. Like, 
it's not the heights, but it's not the depths of Morton and Hayes. Yeah. So, um, and it's and it's also becoming clear uh, throughout this exchange that Morton and Hayes are both madly and passionately in love with her because she's a beautiful young lady. Yes, which which kind of well, plays into the to the plot of the episode. Yeah, event sort kind of. of. I mean, it really is going to stick to King Kong quite a bit. Like. It's funny how much they stick to it, uh, some of it, for the ending. But because the sh- the, there's no way an actual short would have been this um, expanded. We'll get to where it goes. But so she does her number. And then um, what's his name again? Jack O'Halloran, who was yeah. in the 1976 King Kong, oh, shows up as Ulu, who is a giant and so right after this, in the copy we watched, there's a clip from the commercials that do a Morton and Hayes sponsored by, and then they cut the commercials. But it was interesting to see the tag mm-hmm. that it was advertised with um, because it's sort of, it seems like one of the better devices for fitting into the the gimmick of these are rediscovered things. Like it feels like an old time, like a radio thing sponsored by, like it has that, it has that vibe. Um, But anyway, so then uh, Morton and Hayes do their song for the giant who starts crying because he realizes he doesn't have any friends because the Morton and Hayes song, after introducing Morton and Hayes, they then sing about how they're friends and they'll do anything for each other. Yeah. But then the giant is sad and they say they'll be his friends, which then tames him. And so they get to be um, revered on the island. Yeah. They get saved. They no longer have to sacrifice themselves because they've tamed the beast, I think is yes. the quote that, that Courtney Cox says. So then. Then they're Let's hanging see. out. They're, then they're they, hanging out. They've got their Hawaiian shirts and their board shorts in a hammock. Now, saw the hammock and the the clip of the episode, right? And I was like, oh, hammock gags, great! Can't wait for those. It wasn't the best gag, and but it wasn't what I expected either. So they're h- hanging out with Ulu, talking about how hot it is. The one gag in this scene that I did like is which we see again later is the, the giant fake legs of Ulu. Ulu, I thought that was funny. Um, I love in Kaiju movies when they have, you know, the, the long shot of the monster and then the short, the, the close up shot where you see some human or a car or something that we recognize the size of next to the leg of the monster or whatever. And it's not to scale at all, at all, at all. And that makes me laugh every time. I thought these legs were really funny and really, like, cheap. And the fact that they could only show, like, from the knees down, you could never see, get a full, you never get a full thing of the monster. It's either waist up or waist down. (laughs) Never the full. It's so stupid. Made me laugh so hard. But I was sad for Jack because he never really got to act with anybody. No, he, he's he's uh, ad libbing, or he's I, he's it's all him in close up. Yeah. I noticed that a lot though with this episode with a lot of the characters. It was all just like over the shoulder 
Courtney Cox talking to presumably Chicken Eddie. Like, the people really didn't interact in this an awful lot. It was weird to me. Christopher Guest. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're hot. So Ulu blows on them, which is a bit from the 1976 King Kong. Oh, okay. Where King Kong blows off Jessica Lang's top. Hmm. Um, and you get some PG nudity. Uh, and then and then they, they go flying off of the, yes. their hammocks, which again was not what I was expecting from the gag. Um it was kind of funny again because you're seeing just I think we've seen it a couple of times with just dummies being right. thrown across the set. Um, but it's it's getting a little tired. Maybe they could do something else. I'm going to guess they're not going to. But anyway, um, <laughs> Courtney Cox shows up and is like, you know, now that Ulu's chill, I want to get married. I need to find a husband who's brave and can father 25 children. So both Chick and Eddie offer themselves up. And she says she's going to decide by the next full moon, to which my next note is Ugg, Christopher Guest, because Mm -hmm. he has just arrived at the island on his boat. Mm -hmm. And he has spied Courtney Cox, and he's liking that, too. Uh, He has a monologue about all the, uh, I mean, all the in 1991 acceptable sitcom terms nasty stuff he wants to do to courtney cox his first mate misunderstands and says yes sir you can abuse that giant and i will look the other way Mm -hmm. um so you know bros um before giants um but then there's more dancing or something is there I don't know. I've the got singing and dancing. Oh yeah, so they down. Morton and Hayes go they leave and they go to the princess's home to woo her. And yes. Eddie Eddie goes in first and he's singing when he's got flowers and then Chick comes in and they're singing the same song and they're harmonizing and I thought it was cute. Yes. Um but then they both realize that they're there for the same reason and they have a little fake scuffle. And they realize she's not there as well. And they realize she's not there, yeah. And And so I... Screaming. Yes. And run out to the beach to find her. So once again, this episode makes me think I did actually see this episode Mm. back in my youth, some of the things. But, yes. So then they do a hand binoculars bit. Hilarious. I think it might be from... Is that that's not from like airplane or something? It might be. I don't know, yeah. but I thought it was okay. really funny. It was I thought it was good, funny. It was a pretty good hand binoculars bit where. So it's two things for me. It's the hand binoculars gag, which I thought was funny, and what they're looking at is the model of a bo- uh, of a boat hauling something. So it's Christopher Guest's boat, and then when they use the hand binoculars, uh, they can tell Courtney Cox is on the boat, and they can see that Ulu has been captured. Uh, and they know that it's uh, El Supremo. Yes. I thought that was funny. Again, again, another model coming into play here. And so then is this where the action just heads to? Yes. The action just heads to Times Square. Mm-hmm. Where Christopher Guest's great idea is to turn the giant into a Broadway sensation by having him perform Hamlet. Um. Pretty stupid. Except he can't remember his lines. 
So there are some good sight gags about the giant in the Broadway on Broadway stage. Like mm-hmm. you get your legs again. You mm-hmm. get some uh, low angle shots of what's his name, Jack O'Halloran. Um, and then you, but you get a lot of really shitty Christopher Guest, mm-hmm. who is freaking out because everything is going wrong because Chick and Eddie have shown up to save. Ulu and to marry the princess. Yes. They're going to they're going to rescue them and then figure it out later. Except even though they're able to rescue them, they oh, he has not done anything else. They are usurped in their wooing by a young man. Is it a young man Cliff? named Wally? Who, oh, Wally. The actor's name, I think, is Dennis Drake and has gone on to and has does not have a shot on IMDb, hmm. um, who just used to know Courtney Cox and he's been wanting to marry her for years. He went on to write Legally Blonde, Down With Love and a bunch of sitcoms. OK, so, yeah. And then um, he was also on a lot of Broadway in, in Broadway. A lot. OK. Yeah. Um, and then they do their Morton and Hay- full Morton and Hayes number for the Broadway audience. Dressed up the- in their Elizabethan costumes, which I thought yep. was kind of goofy. Their disguises, and that's it. And you're like, this is a pretty good way for it to go out. And <sighs> they can't fuck it up, can they? Uh, yes. Yes, they can. <laughs> because just because we've had some racism doesn't mean we shouldn't do some weird fucking misogyny. Where... Rob Reiner talks about how the lead actress was involved in a sex scandal. With Chip. Chick. Chick, Chick sorry. I don't know why. Who, and when he come, we come back from commercial, we find out that the problem was Chick was already married, but then he had another girl on the side, and somehow it all figured in, and he was making her do tawdry things underneath the table in a dining place in a restaurant and they got caught by both the wife and the other girlfriend and she went off and became a guatemalan nut while well, presumably chick was fine because he was a dude um i didn't really even get what the sex scandal was just that she was performing dirty things under the table okay i guess okay they don't call meathead for anything. But yeah, that really, I was I was really sad that they, I was already sad because I had so much Christopher Guest in the third act, but then I had to sit through Rob Reiner. At least it but, wasn't as long and drawn And at least the, they didn't bring Courtney Cox out in old age makeup and have her like being inappropriately slutty or something, right? Like it yeah. could have been worse. Yeah, it like, could have been worse. <laughs> and again, More I'm not days. I'm not it putting the blame on Rob Reiner again. I'm not putting the blame on Rob Reiner. See, here's the thing about that though. Other than Christopher Guest uh sort of sucking in his guest star capacity, not really being that uh good at directing the show, I would say that the script for the actual short is stronger than most of them. Mm-hmm. The Tom Gamble and Max Prose team did better. It doesn't seem like that tag was them. I wonder if that was, I don't know. When Rob Reiner wants to come on our show and be interviewed, we can talk to him about it. Well, get on that. (laughs) 
I don't. You would make me be nice, so I would just sit over here and go meathead a bunch of times. Uh, I don't know if we're keeping this in, but now you have to keep it in because I said that. But now you have to take it out because I said that. But now, no. you, okay. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was better than the last episode. Not as good as the second episode, and probably better than the first episode yeah but it's it's a long way from the second episode yeah like courtney cox isn't bad but she's not good she's not like penelope ann miller was good courtney cox just isn't bad yeah everything else was just kind of mediocre again i like the singing and dancing stuff but it wasn't as entertaining as the singing and dancing in the last episode but the last episode was much much worse than this (laughs) the first episode was pretty bad too um yeah but um so my husband and i were talking about this last night he did not watch this with me but he watched last episode and he his theory is that it was never meant to be more than a six episode thing and that this is just a bunch of guys hanging out together with their friends like some film school project um i I don't know how i feel about that theory um but i can see the validity in that just rob reiner and christopher guest wanting to hang out make something easy um rope a few of their other friends into it and there you go yeah but vanity projects on network television back in the day are not like i don't know i mean i don't know that rob reiner's that fun would be my other well you're I not mean, friends no, with them i don't think I, christopher guest is that fun because you're not friends with him right doesn't he notoriously like kind of a jerk kind of not a fun guy I don't know. How many, how close is it to the throne now? Oh, not very. Okay. Sorry. I watched Kind Hearts and Coronets last night. So, oh, I'm sorry. I like that movie. Oh. Go away. Wow. You're <laughs> terrible. I like that movie. Okay. It was scrumptious. Ugh. Wow. Ugh. I now yeah. have to Google. I'm going to dress what... up like Alec Guinness as in costume for you next time next time we do the podcast sure okay that's gonna be a lot of work in a week (laughs) good luck i'm expecting it uh, i I mean we're on zoom i could just make that my face right that's true you could Um, how creepy would it be if i made it alec guinness's death mask (gasps) that would be totally creepy wouldn't that be so creepy that would be Pretty cool. Seems like a lot of work, but maybe we'll see. <laughs> so next, oh, next episode, also directed by Christopher Guest, The Vase Shop. Okay. Written by Dick Blasucci, Phil Mishkin, and Canada Joe Flaherty. Um, Canada Joe in the hizza. And he get is a guest star. Hell yeah. And a bunch of people I've never heard of. So I'm going to, I don't know, should I make you a Canada Joe in the Hizza shirt and just make it really <laughs> awkward? No, no. With no. his face on the front and then on the back, like him giving one of his like bewildered expressions on the front and then on the back, <laughs> it says Canada Joe in the Hizza. No, you don't need to do that because he's not Canadian. Merch is coming. <laughs> he's Canadian. He's an adopted Canadian. Okay, adopted maybe. Just as you you don't think of William Shatner as Canadian, while he is, you think of William Shatner as the captain of the Enterprise. I, Canada I don't, Joe Flaherty is 
You're giving William Shatner too much credit. I don't think of William Shatner hardly at all. So, <laughs> uh, is Leonard Nimoy a Canadian? I don't know. I don't think he is. I think we looked this up. Somebody and I looked this up. Maybe not. No, anyway, it wasn't me. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to our next episode of the podcast where we'll be talking about the vase shop, Morton and Hayes, episode five. We're five out of six. We're almost done with it, Andrew. Almost done. And odds are next time is going to be really bad because the even an odd situation for uh, Morton and Hayes is, is not great. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, we, we shall return. See you next time. Bye.